Welcome to Glow with Brianna Rose. I'm Brianna, your host and glow up coach. Here we talk balancing the internal and external to become the woman you want to be and glow up your life. We talk manifestation, mindset, self-love and more. Get ready to become the next level version of you and create a life you love. Let's glow. So hello my loves, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today is a very special one. We have our first guest on the podcast, which is Courtney Barrett. She is a spiritual side hustle coach. Welcome to the podcast, Courtney. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited about this. I feel like you can help these girls so much um, with all your incredible knowledge. So for (laughs) those who don't know you, just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do. Yeah, so as Brianna mentioned, I am a spiritual side hustle coach. And to kind of nail down what I do in a sentence is I help women launch their online coaching business, sign their first clients, and balance everything with their nine to five. And why I'm so passionate about this is because I feel like the beginning of a business is often like the most challenging part. And I don't know, maybe I haven't been in business long enough to know that, you know, it gets even more challenging. Um, But I feel like just you know, that beginning stage of getting the momentum going and getting your feet on the ground can often be really challenging, especially when you just feel like you don't really know what you're doing and you're, you're Googling everything and, you know, second guessing whatever you're doing. And especially when you're building it on the side of your job and you're already kind of feeling like your energy is drained and, you know, doing even more work is sometimes like the last thing you want to think of. And really, I love to help with the process and, make it a lot more simple and, you know, help guide with the systems and the steps that have helped me, but also provide, you know, the spirituality, the energy work and that support and accountability to help keep you going. And yeah, I actually, I used to work in corporate sales. So that's kind of where like my business background comes from. Um, And I actually started out as a coach in a different niche and it kind of just evolved into this over time. But yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I love that so much because, yeah, especially I found when I first started, I so wish that I hired someone at the very beginning who could guide me along because I was so lost. I was like, how do people make money doing this? Like, yeah, can't do it. <laughs> so how did you discover what you wanted to do? And like, how did you get into the spiritual side hustle coaching? What's been your journey and why did this speak to you? Yeah, so it's been an interesting journey with a lot of twists and turns. Um, I felt like I was always that friend in the friend group that didn't know what they wanted to do. Like I had a lot of friends that were so set on their paths and I would always kind of like flip flop around. And I definitely had this idea in high school that like you had to like work for someone else's business or be like a doctor or a lawyer or something like that to be really successful. And although like I am in business right now, like I didn't really see having my own as like a possibility for me. And I also used to be really creative as a kid. And when I was in high school, I really just like shoved all that aside because I just didn't really think that like creativity and like my vision would like contribute to very much success. So I actually, I applied for a biology program, which for anyone who knows me is probably sounding like crazy. And they're like, what? You did science? Um, But I was only in it for a semester. And I was actually at the time thinking that I wanted to be either a marine biologist, which is so random, or be a therapist and go to med school for psychiatry. So that's kind of like where I started out. And then right before I started my degree, it was like the summer before, 
I realized I didn't want to do science. And I literally called up the school and was like, can I change my major? Like, I haven't started yet. I'm, I'm moving in a few weeks, but I don't really want to do this. <laughs> and of course, they said no. Um, I had to get through that first semester and then transfer over into my new major. So I ended up transferring into hotel business because I love to travel. Um, but I wasn't really sure that industry was for me after a while of actually working in hotels um, so then I transferred into the marketing program at my school and then I was like, oh wait, maybe I could do marketing for hotels. And then I switched back into the hotel business program and then I graduated and I knew I still liked the business, but I still wasn't sure about the hotels. And I was just feeling so lost when I graduated because, you know, I had a business degree, which was, you know, pretty valuable. Um, but the major that I studied, the hospitality, I just didn't really feel passionate about. So when I graduated, I actually was in a long distance relationship. So I like moved, like took a plane right away and moved as soon as I graduated to a new city where, you know, I didn't really know many people besides my boyfriend and I wanted to have an income. So I took a job in um, the hotel industry or no, it wasn't like the hotel industry, but it was like the travel industry. So I was working in sales for corporate travel events. So like business trips and like incentives and stuff like that. And at this time, I was also going through recovery for my eating disorder. So I had a lot of stuff going on all at once. And it was kind of a crazy time in my life where like my confidence and self-esteem were really low. Um, my boyfriend was on a total different schedule. So I was pretty much always just hanging out by myself, you know, going to a job every day that, you know, was a good job, but wasn't really my path and spending the rest of my time, you know, sitting at home feeling sorry for myself or going to my treatments. and really what helped me during this time was finding spirituality. And I had already been spiritual for a few years before that. Uh, but I was kind of the person who just like never actually did anything with it. Like I would learn everything, but I just wouldn't apply it. And I realized, you know, if I want my life to change, I can't just sit around and know everything, but not apply the information. Like I'm not going to get anywhere. So that's really like when things started to change for me. And I started my first business, which was a product-based business. And from there that, you know, evolved into coaching as I changed as a person throughout that year. And once I started realizing my path in the coaching world, I started out as a spiritual nine to five coach. So helping other women find more fulfillment in their jobs and their lifestyles. Um, a lot of focus on like confidence and money mindset, spirituality, since those were things that I was working on. And from there, I noticed that a lot of women were saying they felt unfulfilled with their jobs because they wanted to have a business, but they just had no clue where to start. And that's when it kind of evolved into this side hustle coaching and into what I do now when I realized that since my business had grown, that was something I could help others with. And with my background in the business degree and like working in sales and stuff like that, it actually was something that I also really enjoyed. So yeah, it took like a lot of different tries to figure out what I was really interested in. And, and obviously in the future, it could definitely change again. Who knows? Um, but right now I'm really, really happy with where I am. And that's how it, it came to be. <laughs> I love that so much because so many of my clients who just have no idea what they want to do. One of the best, especially if they want to like start a business, I always recommend you just got to like trial and error things, like find out what you're passionate about and just try different things until something actually resonates with you. So I love that that's your story. It's incredible. So 
on that note, like so many people say that they want to start their own business, but they just have no idea what they want to do. And this even applies to people looking for careers as well. So what advice do you have for someone that feels just completely lost about what career path they want to take? And how do you know if what you're doing is right for you? Yeah, so I'd say for anyone who's in this position right now, just to know that it's not going to last forever. (laughs) Like, I think that's something that really tripped me up back then was like, oh my God, like, am I ever going to figure this out? And, you know, kind of just like taking things one step at a time, right? And I think one of the biggest things that helped me was having a gratitude practice specifically for my job, right? Like reminding myself of like, why did I sign up for this job? Like, what are the benefits of being here? What are the good things about it that I enjoy? Um, You know, what am I learning here that could be used for something else in the future? Because I feel like sometimes when we feel really unfulfilled with our job, it's so easy just to like start hating on it and, you know, complain about it all the time to our friends and be like, oh my God, like, I don't want to go here. And, you know, like before you even figure out what's next for you, or even while you're in the midst of it, at least like having that appreciation for your current position that at some point was something that you wanted and, you know, took the the time and care to apply for is a pretty big deal. Um, And then I would say when you want to figure out what you do want to do, The biggest thing that helped me kind of like what you were saying was actually just like taking action, you know, like stop talking about it and actually do something. And it doesn't have to be something huge, right? But even just for me, like committing to having a morning ritual was something that like changed a lot of things for me. It made me see myself differently, the kind of like commitment that I could make and, you know, proving to myself that I could be, you know, a different kind of person if I wanted to that was a big thing. Um, But even just saying like, how can I incorporate more things that I love into my life? Because even when I was in that job, like I wasn't doing anything after work to like foster any hobbies that I had or like activities that I liked and was kind of just like throwing a pity party all the time. And I think like once you start diving more into those interests that maybe you've lost touch with, or even just like going out and like exploring your city or just doing things that are enjoyable, then that starts to open up new windows of opportunity be like, Oh, you know what? I really enjoy, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like maybe that could be a business. I could show other people how to do this, or I could, you know, sell something or monetize it in some way. Or even if you don't think that at least you're enjoying your time more. Right. And that was something that I was definitely missing. Um, but I also recommend looking into like mind mapping. If you've never heard of that before, Um, it's this thing where basically you just like write down everything that you like, like all of your passions and then start kind of like making connections off of those saying like, okay, well, what does this relate to? And then kind of just like letting it be one giant brainstorm. And then you can just like look at it and see, you know, what connections you can make. And that's actually how I like got my first business idea. Uh, you could do an Ikigai chart. If you never heard of that, you can just look it up on Google images. That's something that was helpful to me, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things, but (laughs) that's a good start. (laughs) No, that's so good. I love all of that. So a lot of us would like instantly shut down the idea of starting our own business because it's not like the normal thing to do. And we just (laughs) focus on the failures of it. Like you Mm -hmm. have people always say like most small businesses fail in the first five years. And that's just like the instant thing people go to when they want to start their own business. (laughs) How do we get out of that like limiting mindset to stop holding ourselves back from doing something we love? Yeah. So I would say, first of all, I don't even know like where that came from, that 
fact yeah. or quote unquote like <laughs> all the time and I'm like is there actually evidence for that and also like define what a failure is right because I think that failure looks different to everyone and I mean maybe this statistic comes from like profit wise but you know what like in your first year of business if you have you know a good chunk of savings from your job and you're using that to invest in your business and maybe you break even like what does that mean you're gonna quit right you know your business could totally you know start making more money like right after that and if you said you know what i broke even this year that sucks like i'm done with this like okay yeah your business failed right whereas someone else might say you know what i broke even that's amazing i was able to match my investment and now i'm taking this to the next level right so i think like it's up to you to define like what failure or success is and i think like even what we just talked about your business idea could change, right? Like maybe it feels like your business is failing, but how do you know, like the next day that you kept going, you realized and had this major breakthrough of, you know, a pivot you want to make or like a different niche that you want to move into or like a whole new idea or someone who wants to collaborate with you. Like you, the only way you could fail is really if you, if you give up. Right. And I know that's really cheesy to say. Um, but I just think so many of those, those doubts are even, you know, that quote of all those businesses failing in the first year or whatever. Um, a lot of times they come from naysayers. And I know for me, like, I'm pretty blessed that my dad is an entrepreneur. So I've definitely grown up with a really biased perspective on some of these things. Like he bought me the book Think and Grow Rich when I was like 18. I, I don't know how many people can say that. I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like for me, something I've always valued that I've taken away from him is that like, I only take advice from people who are achieving goals that I'm setting, right? Like if somebody hasn't been where I want to go, like, I'm sorry, but their opinion just like doesn't really matter to me because they don't know what it takes. And I only really ask for advice from like a core set of people that I kind of call like my trusted advisors. And you know, if they know what it takes and they have something to say about it, it's something that matters to me and I'm going to listen to. Whereas if someone's just saying that, but they've never even started a business, I'm like, just throw it over my shoulder. Like, I'm not going to listen to that. (laughs) I love that so much. Because yeah, I feel like the failing part of like most business fails is just because people give up. I always just think of that, like, you know, that meme where it's just that guy like keeps digging and stops when he's just like an inch away from the treasure. That's all I think about. I'm like, you've got to keep going. Just don't give up if it's something that you want. So true. So on that same note, because I noticed like for me personally, along the journey, no matter what stage you're at, limiting beliefs are going to come up. They're just going to like be different ones. So do you have any tips on how to shift through any limiting beliefs that come up for you? Yeah. So I would say the biggest thing that helps me work through limiting beliefs is giving myself evidence of them being false. So whether that is examples from my own life that I can pull. So like I've had limiting beliefs before of, I can't help clients, you know, with the results that I promise. But then I tell myself, okay, no, I have concrete proof of examples, X, Y, and Z of times that I helped you know, this person achieved something or this person did something amazing and I was coaching them, right? And being like, okay, people are getting results. So why would I think that I can't help with that? Or if I have a limiting belief, like one of the biggest ones when I started my business was I'm too young to be a coach. Like who's going to listen to me? 
But then I gave myself evidence and said, no, like I see her. She's a year younger than me. She's a coach. She's making six figures. Like why do people listen to her and not listen to me? Right. So like just giving myself proof of these things where like, I can't even argue with myself because I can already just see that it's true. So that's kind of like the biggest thing that helps me the most. Um, I think like I started out in limiting belief work of mostly just like trying to write down the opposite of the belief and making an affirmation, which definitely is like nice to incorporate into a morning ritual. But I felt like it wasn't always enough because like I didn't actually like deep down adopt that belief, even though I would just try and like force it on myself. <laughs> no, hundred percent. I got that too. Sometimes because yeah, we've both like learned that just flipping it from fear to love. Sometimes I have to like journal it out of like why it isn't true before I can flip it to the loving belief yeah. for it to actually like stick. <laughs> so let's dive in a bit into creating an abundance mindset. Cause I think that's so important for success. Mm-hmm. So what is an abundance mindset to you? Yeah. So I like thinking of abundance in terms of just everything in the world, because I feel like a lot of times we think of abundance only in relation to money, but it, it really relates to everything. So kind of how I see it is that when you think of the word abundance, it means like expansiveness, something that's vast. Like there's just like a never ending amount of it. And I kind of see that as like the universe, you know, the universe is the most abundant thing out there. And for every single one of us being a part of the universe, you know, that inherent abundance exists within all of us. And I think that sometimes it can be really easy to forget that, especially with, you know, our modern society, we always feel like, you know, we need the newest this or the newest that to be whole and complete and, you know, to keep up with the times and, like really what I've come to realize from a lot of the abundance work that I've done is that, you know, if you have your basic needs taken care of, then you're safe. Right. And obviously like, it's okay to desire more and, you know, to want luxury, like, of course that's okay. Um, But I think when it comes to having an abundance mindset is knowing that like everything that it takes to call in those things into your life is already within you And knowing that, like, if you have all of your basic needs covered, then there's no need to go into survival mode. But before I learned about this work, I would always be getting into survival mode because I felt like I just needed, you know, this, I needed that. And like, nothing was perfect in my life or nothing would be good until I had all of this stuff. But I didn't realize like, okay, I can want these things, but like, I shouldn't need them. I shouldn't put myself in this survival scarcity mindset because I'm fully taken care of. Like the universe is providing for me. Like I'm, I'm safe and there's no need for me to feel like I'm not. And I think if you start looking into like epigenetics, like work from like Bruce Lipton, I know he talks about this a lot is that like, we still have these old cavemen brains that think that we're being chased by animals and like, you know, running away and basically just living for survival. And even though that was like millions of years ago, like our brains still operate that way, but for different things. So like back then, if we had an infection or something, you know, we were being chased by an animal, our body would like forget the infection existed essentially. And it's like now when we are so focused on all these things that we need, we kind of get that tunnel vision and we forget like how much we have. So that's been a really big breakthrough. And like how I like to teach abundance, because I think when you realize that we're just a part of the universe, we're part of nature, just like everything else, you know, animals and plants aren't like wondering how they're going to get by. Like we created money. Money is just the physical manifestation 
of abundance. And, you know, we shouldn't be putting ourselves in that survival mode if we're more than fine to survive and everything else is kind of just like the cherry on top. (laughs) That's so true. I love that way of thinking about it. So what practices do you incorporate and teach to go from lack mindset to an abundance mindset? Yeah. So, oh my gosh, there's so, so many different (laughs) things. I would say for me, like having that gratitude practice is really important. And every single morning I write down five things that I'm grateful for. And I really try to like feel into them. So not just kind of like writing them down and then passing through really quickly, but actually like remembering what it's like to have those things in my life and, you know, feeling into the gratitude instead of just like trying to get it done as quickly as possible. Um, So that's something that really helps. I think also a really big practice that has helped is decluttering, which sounds so silly. Um, But I did a huge declutter the other day because I'm moving and it made me realize like, how much stuff do I have that has no meaning into my life, like that I don't need, that I don't want. And when I give it away, there's still so much left over. Like that was just a crazy realization of like, wow, like I can't believe there's been moments where I thought that I like needed more and I didn't have enough when I have way, way more than I need. Like it's, it's a huge breakthrough. And I think also like when everything has like a purpose and has a place, then you start to realize that like, I don't know, like it just, it feels more abundant instead of just like so much stuff thrown everywhere. And then I don't know, now I'm rambling. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, so 100%. That's love decluttering. And obviously like money mindset work is something that helps. Um, but I think even just like thinking about abundance in general, in the terms of like applying for jobs, right. And knowing that like, if you don't get a job, you know, there's still more out there that wasn't the end all be all, right? Or if a client says that they don't want to work with you, like, it's okay, there's an abundance of clients out there, right? Or if um, a relationship doesn't end out well, like, there's many more people out there that you could date, right? And just practicing that abundance mindset with everything and knowing that, like, things aren't so finite. (laughs) I love that so much. Those are some awesome tips, like some I haven't even thought of like decluttering especially I love it because I hate having me I hate having excess stuff that I just don't even like and it just hangs around and just feels so like not me so I also teach the coloring a lot in like what I talk about it's just so important so everyone just like go declutter (laughs) just do it (laughs) okay so what would the first step be for someone to take when thinking of starting a side hustle is there anything you would definitely do if you could do it over again. Like I said earlier, personally, I would have hired a mentor sooner because I feel like that would have sped up the journey a bit quicker. But yeah, Yeah. what about you? (laughs) So that is definitely a big one for me too. So when I started my product-based business, I did not hire anyone to help with that. And it was a really big challenge. Like I, I don't know, I'm like proud of myself for just diving in and doing the thing, but I really had no clue what I was doing. And whenever something got really hard, I would like try, 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 you know, to work it out one night and like stay up until 1am Googling things, trying to do it. And then I would just get stuck and I would be upset and I would give up for like two weeks. And then I'd be upset at myself again and be like, oh my God, Court, like you didn't work on your business for two weeks. Like what's wrong with you? And it would kind of just be that cycle of like, something gets hard. I give up, then I get upset. Then I try again and like, God, I'm just like in a loop like that. And I feel like if I had a support, you know, first of all, to like 
help with things I was getting stuck, helping me to move forward, um, but also supporting me and not, you know, allowing me to give up, right? Like when someone is keeping you accountable, you know, there's not really room for those two weeks to go by and nothing happen, right? So that's something that I definitely would have thought about as well. And I would just say also like for anyone out there who wants to start a business, I really believe that the first step is just figuring out like what you want to do because it's going to be really hard to create offerings, to create content, to, you know, speak in the language of somebody who you're selling to if you don't even have like a really concrete idea of what that is. Um, But what I will say is that I know this holds people back a lot wondering like, okay, well, what if this isn't my final idea? Like, what if I want to change this and I waste all this time? Um, But it's definitely not a waste. And at least you're getting started, you're getting your feet on the ground, you know, you're starting to build a bit of a community. And if you pivot your niche in the future, it's okay, right? Like I just pivoted my niche a few months ago and I've never looked back. And I have, I have no doubt that one day my business will evolve into something else again. Um, but just being able to get really solid on that so that you can build everything around that is really important. Uh, but also having that strong why and personal connection, I believe is what helps keep you going when things get really hard, because if you can identify that why and that passion and feel so strongly about it, then when there's tough moments, it's a lot easier to move through them because you have like a strong inspiration and calling and a reason of why you should move forward and not just, you know, push it aside. So. I love that. So so many good answers (laughs) happening today. I'm so excited about it. So if someone's been struggling with getting their side hustle up and running, what advice would you have for them? Like, are there any key tips you have for success in attracting clients and sales? Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of different ways you could go with this, especially depending on like what you feel like the struggle is. Um, I would say most often if you are not working with a mentor or at least not like privately, like even if you're working in a group mentorship, I think sometimes without that one-to-one accountability, it's also kind of like up to you to be your own accountability partner And sometimes that can be tough at the beginning of a business, especially like I was saying, like if things get challenging and then sometimes you kind of just want to stall or like push it off until next week and really just having that discipline and consistency and, and not that you need to necessarily work for like six hours every night after your nine to five. Um, but just committing to saying like, you know, what's at least one thing that I could do every single day that's going to move the needle forward. So at least I'm not doing nothing, right? So like for me, when I started my coaching, my commitment to myself was that I was going to show up on my Instagram story and show my face and let my voice be heard every single day. And this was, when was this? This was like almost 10 months ago. And I probably only like not shown up on my story once because I was sick. And I think like at least having that one kind of like, base thing like that bare minimum that you say I commit to doing this every single day and like yes I'm going to have other projects there's going to be other tasks that I'm doing but at least if I do this like I'll know that I'm moving forward I think is really important because if you don't it's really easy kind of at the beginning to just fall off or to not feel like you fully like jumped into your business yet and kind of like um you know fully committed to it and seen as something past a hobby so 
I would say that's kind of like my best tip, but again, there's so many more. (laughs) How would you like keep that belief of this is working out? Like this is going to happen. Not like, Oh, no one's showing up today. I'll just give up. Like, how do you just keep believing in yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I will say times has been very hard. Um, I guess to like be real with you guys, I didn't sign my first client for four months and there were so many moments where I wanted to give up and I would like cry and kind of like break down and be like, why is it this working for me? It works for everyone else. And um, I think (laughs) um, the biggest thing to remember is like, you just have to keep going, right? Like I know it seems hard in the moment, um, but it doesn't last forever. Right. And like I said, this is why I'm so passionate about like coaching this stage of business is because that's when these moments happen. And we're like, I felt like I really needed somebody. And anyway, so kind of going back to what I was saying is, you know, just remember that there are, it's going back to the abundance mindset of there's so many people in the world, right? There are people out there right now who are looking for a coach like you, who are looking for a product that you're selling, who, you know, wonder why they haven't found somebody yet that's in the niche that you are in, right? And it's really up to you to keep showing up and to keep creating content. And I think one of the biggest perspective shifts that I've had um, that I got from my coach was that everything you're creating, you know, it's, it's permanent, right? It's an asset. So even if nobody reads your blog post today, how do you know that in a month from now, someone's not going to find it and be like, okay, this rocks, right? Or like your podcast, if you're only getting like five listeners, what if one day it just like explodes and somebody just like binges the whole thing and they think it's amazing, right? Like this stuff isn't like a waste of time. It's not going anywhere. And everything that you're putting your efforts towards is something that can be kept for the long haul. And it's, and it's the same thing with like an ebook, right? If you think, oh man, nobody bought my ebook. This sucks. It's like that ebook is always going to be on your website. Like, how do you know one day you're not going to have somebody who just purchases it out of the blue, right? So it's just a matter of, you know, you just got to keep showing up, right? <laughs> I love that so much. That's personally something I've struggled with a bit. And that's just like the best advice ever, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you balance the side hustle if you have a pretty demanding nine to five? Yeah. So I would say my best tip is being just like super organized with your schedule. And I know that no one likes to hear that because it's such a boring tip, um, but it really helped me. And I think just having that idea in your head of like, okay, what are my goals for like the week or the month or whatever, and then kind of like breaking it down and figuring out what the steps are and then finding where they fit into your calendar. So for me, I'm like a pretty strategic calendar person. Um, I know a lot of people don't like that, but it helped me to get a lot done. And what I really loved doing was, you know, starting out with the week, just like blank slate and then putting everything on the calendar that was a non-negotiable like time commitment or like somewhere you had to be. So like for me, that was like, obviously my job when I was in one, uh, podcast interviews, client calls, like things that I was like expected to be somewhere. And then anything around that was kind of like fair game for me to schedule. So that's where I would say, okay, if I want to launch this group program next week, what do I need to do? Okay, I need to write emails. I need to write um, social posts. I want to do some free trainings. I put out a podcast episode where I talk about it. 
And then I would look at the calendar and all the spaces that were remaining and just like put them in there for the week. So I knew like as a mindset tool, even, okay, look, I have more than enough time to do this stuff. I can see it right in front of my face. Like there's no, no reason for me to be overwhelmed or feel like I don't have time for this because I can see that I do. Um, but also then it helps me stay accountable. Cause I'm like, okay, Monday, cool. Free training, podcast interview, um, write an email. Right. And then I know Tuesday, okay, this is what I'm doing. And it just really helped me to stay on track and, you know, know what I had time for so that after work I could, you know, just jump right in and not really waste a lot of time, just like scrolling and then saying like, okay, what can I do for my business tonight? Right. So being organized like that helped a lot and adding in like one self care item every day to make sure I wasn't going crazy. Um, it helped a lot to do that too, because in the beginning I did not do enough of that and it definitely burned me out. <laughs> and also just the last thing with the calendar that helps me too, is when you have like a really good schedule, it helps you to set clearer boundaries. So like, I know it's like kind of different right now with the pandemic, but like before, you know, I would sometimes not want to work on my business because someone asked me to like go somewhere or do something. Whereas once I had this really defined calendar, you know, obviously, yes, like you can leave room for spontaneity. And if you can move something around, like that's totally cool. Um, but it just helps you to be like, you know what? I have X, Y, and Z tonight. Like, unfortunately I can't. And I know that kind of sucks to hear, but sometimes that's just kind of what you need to do to get going with things. <laughs> Yeah, it's like putting your future self ahead of your present self. Like, you know, you're yeah. working towards something. You've got to keep going. <laughs> so you kind of touched on this a bit before. But for me personally, like, I did not enjoy my 9 to 5. Like, before I went full-time in my business, and you know this, like, I was not enjoying my <laughs> 9 to 5 at all. Um, and you had some great advice for me then. So can you share any tips, like, making your 9 to 5 more bearable? And do you think not enjoying it, can like affect how you succeed in your side hustle because if it like drains your energy and how you're feeling. Yeah. Okay. That's such a good question. So I would say, first of all, you know, going back to the gratitude practice saying like, what are all the things that I love about this job? Right. So maybe even if you don't like the actual work you do, maybe you like met your best friend or your partner at work. Right. Maybe that was really cool. Or maybe you're like, you know what? My manager is so awesome. Like, she always encourages me to, you know, go on vacation and, you know, we eat lunch together, you know, that's fun, right? Or saying, oh, I'm grateful that we listen to good music here. Like that makes the day 1% better, right? Like I know those are all kind of silly examples, but if you can just like get out your journal and write down, you know, what are all the reasons that make that place good, then you can start to feel better about that experience and I think something that helped me a lot too was remembering, you know, what I was learning there that could be applied to my business, right? So this is definitely different for everybody. And I know coming from a sales background, that's <laughs> obviously directly related to business, but just remembering that was like everything I'm learning here, I can take with me into my business. And I'm sure that no matter what job you're doing, there's always something that you could take away from it that could apply to what you really want to do. And even if that's just, you know what, I talk to people every day here and in my dream business, I'm podcasting, I'm giving trainings, I'm talking to clients and every, everyone I talk to here is, you know, prepping me for that, right? 
and just asking yourself, like, what am I learning? Right. And I would also say even, you know, checking in every few hours at work, you know, asking yourself how you're feeling, how you can make something more fun. Like before, sometimes when I was just doing a task that, you know, was kind of mundane, maybe I had like a nice podcast in the background, or I put on like some incense or just like anything to kind of like make the experience better for myself. So yeah, I would say those are some of the things that help me the most. Yeah. And do you think like if we feel, you know, shitty at our nine to five, it will kind of affect whether we succeed in our side hustle? I do. So I think different people will take it different ways. Like I'm sure someone is going to not like their job and use that as kind of like a motivator for working on their business. Um, But then there's other people who will have a rough day at work and they get home and like more work is the last thing that they want to think about. So it definitely depends. Um, But I would say, you know, coming up with that strategic schedule is something that helps because even if I just wasn't feeling it, I'd be like, you know what, I committed to myself that I was going to do these things. So I'm going to follow through. Um, But obviously, if you've had, you know, just the worst day ever, and you want to take the night off, allow yourself that room too. Because when I first started my business, I was so in my masculine, and I never gave myself time off, especially at the beginning of COVID, like I was only a month into my coaching. And I really took that as the opportunity to just work as hard as I could because I had nothing else to do. And we need to allow ourselves that time, you know, to flow or to move through emotions if that's what we really, really need. Um, but yeah, it's going to be different for everybody. <laughs> yeah, so true. So I feel like this question, there's no like one size fits all, but everyone would want to know it anyway if they're starting their own business. <laughs> Is there a way to fast track success when running your own business or like even at your nine to five as well? What are your tips for being successful at both and also just like succeeding quicker? Yeah. So I would say the fastest way to succeed, obviously there's no, in my opinion, there's no like overnight success. Um, But the fastest way to reach your goals, in my opinion, is to have that consistency. So like I was saying before, you know, making sure you're always doing something every day, you know, whether that's like five things, that's one thing, that's two things, right? Like at least you're doing something, you're keeping up that momentum and you just never know what's going to come out of it, right? Like there's been days where I have posted on my Instagram stories and I've made a sale and I did nothing else that day. Um, But there's also been days where I've uploaded a podcast, I've done a story, I've done a post, I've done a training and, you know, I didn't make any sales, right? And not that any one of those things is better than the other, But you just like never know when, you know, whatever you define success to be is going to come. But at least every single day, if you're putting forward some kind of effort, you know, you're doing something, right? You're moving your business forward. And like you're saying, you're creating assets for yourself. And, you know, just being able to have that consistency for me was the best thing because it allowed me to like establish my brand a lot more quickly since I was always showing up, like people knew me. Um, I was able to become, you know, a coach that people knew for the niche that I was in because I had a Facebook group that I was really active in. And I mean, I still have it, but um, the name has changed now. (laughs) But I, you know, just showing up all the time is really what allowed me, I feel, to build my business because like I just didn't give any space to myself to think of it as a hobby. And I think it is different for everybody, right? Because the word side hustle, like to me, 
how I see a side hustle and how my clients see it, it's like our biggest passion. It's the business that we want to be our full time, but we call it a side hustle right now because we still have a job, right? Whereas some people see side hustle as just something like you do here and there to get some cash and, you know, isn't really so much of that passion factor. So it's going to be different for everybody. Uh, but if you're the kind of person who is starting a business on the side of your job and you want it to be your full time, you know, not seeing it as a hobby and seeing it as, you know, this new identity of like, I am a business owner. Like this is something that I do every day. That's something that really shifted things for me because I felt more accountable. It wasn't just something that I do sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. So on a different note, <laughs> how do we stop the fear of what others will think of us from holding us back and truly going after what we want? That's a good question. Yeah. (laughs) I would say, I would just think about your ideal clients, right? Like think about the people that you show up for, you know, it's the ones that are really interested in what you do. It's not the people that are going to criticize you or judge you. And I know that can be hard to think about sometimes, especially like I felt this a ton at the beginning because I converted my personal Instagram account into my business account. So like all these people from high school and college that I already knew were on there and I was definitely scared of what they were going to think. Um, But I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this for them. Like I'm doing this for myself and for the aligned clients who are looking for this kind of mentorship, who are looking for advice, inspiration, you know, in this area. And if somebody who isn't an aligned client has something bad to say about it, then whatever, like this isn't for you. And I, I just, I know that can be hard because, you know, as people, as humans, like we don't like it when people have something mean to say about us. And obviously, you know, it doesn't feel great. Um, but at the end of the day, like those people, they were never going to be your clients anyway. Right. And if they're, if they fall off, like it doesn't change anything about, your business or about you. Like it just, my best advice is to not make it mean anything. And I know that can be challenging, but going back to what we said about consistency, you know, continuing to show up despite those things, it actually starts to become really natural. So like for the first week I was posting, I felt so awkward about it. Um, But after that, it just became a regular thing. And I was just posting and speaking freely and I didn't even think about it. Um, And I know that can be hard at first, especially if, some of the judgment or criticism is coming in person too, and not just like online. Like if you are super stoked about your business idea and you tell your friends and they're like, you know, kind of have a weird reaction to it. I know that can definitely be tough. Uh, But I think that's why it's so important to have that strong why, because, you know, you remember the bigger reason for things and that your, your mission and your vision are so much bigger than the opinions of people who you know, aren't a part of that community and that vision that you're building. Yeah, that's so good. Cause like, if they're really your friends, they're going to support you, even if it's not something yeah. they like know about or believe in. Like, yeah, exactly. They'll be there for you. I remember when I was like first getting into it, I tell my friends what I was doing. They're like, Oh yeah, cool. But like, what are you actually going to do? Like what internships are you going to apply for? What job are you going to get? <laughs> I'm like, no, like I'm starting my own business. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people just don't get it, but your friends, like your true friends will always support you. So yeah, for sure. I love that you used to have a product-based business. 
And I'd love to hear like more about how you got started with that. And is it harder to start a product-based business versus service-based? Because every time I've thought about product-based, I'm like, it just sounds so complicated because you have to find people who like make it and like all these different things. So tell us a bit more about the product-based side of it. So I used to have a subscription box. It was a personal development spiritual book of the month box. And I had like crystals, uh, candles, different little things like that. And I did not run it for very long, just to be fully transparent. I did find it very challenging. I, I don't think it's something that is impossible. Um, and I wouldn't even say it's necessarily hard, but I personally find it easier to run a service-based business than a product. But I think it definitely depends on the person and your business model and how much you're willing to invest. Because I feel like for a service-based business, you can get started on pretty low investment. Um, but for the product-based business, especially for the model that I chose of a monthly service, you know, I was buying inventory, for example, right? And if the inventory didn't sell, you know, that was a cost that I was incurring. Whereas with a service-based business, maybe you have, you know, invested in your website, your coach, maybe your email service, stuff like that. Um, but those are things that are, have like a little bit more longevity versus a monthly box. Like after the month is over, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do with the products, right? And there's a lot of other different things you need to think about, like, um, shipping, there's, you know, sales taxes for physical goods and stuff like that. And I just found it to be like really, really challenging. And I wouldn't necessarily say that's the reason that I changed my business. It was definitely a factor because I wasn't passionate enough about the idea to learn more to overcome the challenges. I would say that's more of the thing. Because if you have a product based business idea, and it really, really lights a fire and you want to do it, like sure it might be hard, but you might have more drive to go after it than I did because deep down I knew that I wanted to be a coach. And I felt like I had kind of been exposed to the coaching industry before I started this business. Um, but I didn't think I was good enough to be a coach. And that's why I never became a coach until like a year later. And I felt like I was, I was super excited about the product. Like, don't get me wrong. I actually still think it's really cool and I might want to pick it up again in the future. Um, but I feel like part of the reason why I wanted to jump into a product-based business is because I didn't believe enough in myself to sell myself, right? Sell what I could offer. Like I just, I didn't see that. And I felt like if I wanted to have a business, I had to sell a product because I didn't feel confident in selling myself and my brand. And I would just say like, whatever you choose, just be so, so fully in it and so fully excited about it. And no matter if it's, you know, hard or easy, that's going to be the thing at the end of the day that's going to determine whether or not you're successful. Yeah, I love that. For the girls who their, like, dream business idea is a product-based business, do you have any tips on, like, the first step they should take for figuring that out if they've just got absolutely no idea? Yeah, so it definitely depends what way you're going to go with it because for me, I was bundling and reselling other people's products and i think if you're developing your own product that's something that you're actually creating that is like a whole another ball game and i don't know anything about that but <laughs> <laughs> um i would say like my best advice if you are interested in something like what i did with 
um, a subscription box, or even if you want to open up an online store, like an Etsy shop, you know, looking into wholesale options, like that's something I didn't really know existed beforehand where you can get like bulk quantities of things and then the price is way lower. And if I didn't know that I probably would have, you know, spent way more money and the margins would have made no sense. So yeah, I would say that's one thing. And I would also say like give whatever you're selling your products, your brand, like a life, right? So like understand, you know, the lifestyle of the person who is going to be interested in purchasing these products, because a lot of times, like, we don't always buy something just because like, oh, like, that's pretty, like, that's nice, like, that looks cool. It's like, you know, who am I going to be with these things in my life, right? And I think like remembering, you know, the end consumer of your product when it comes to marketing yourself, whether that's on like Instagram or Facebook, or even like on your website, but like really translating that into like your photos and your copy and kind of like giving that brand like a personality and a voice and something people can connect with instead of just like, here are some things you might want to buy, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. That's amazing. So let's talk a bit about like masculine feminine stuff. How do you make building your business, which can be such a masculine like strategy thing, how do you bring in like the spiritual side and the more feminine side and make time for your spiritual practices and yourself as well? Yeah. So I would say for me, honestly, it's like a work in progress because I am so in my masculine just by nature. Um, I've always kind of been that way. Like even in high school, I was always the one who was, you know, studying for hours and hours a day. Um, and, you know, having been in business school and working in corporate sales, everything is very masculine. So it's kind of just something that comes so easily to me. Um, but I would say the biggest things that help me to move into that feminine energy to get the balance of both is having a really solid morning ritual. So when I first started doing morning rituals, I would just honestly try and speed through them just to say that I did it. And I didn't actually take the time to really like feel into it and like savor it and really enjoy it. Whereas now I'm like ritualing for like 45 minutes every morning. And I know that like not everyone has that kind of time. And like before I left my job, trust me, I was not doing this. But now it's something that helps me a lot. And, and I think it's still like a lesson that can be applied no matter how long the ritual is, right? Like if you're meditating for five minutes, like really just surrender to that experience, right? Don't just sit there wondering when it's going to be over so you can check your emails, right? And for me, you know, incorporating a bunch of different modalities that I love into my everyday just helps me to stay grounded. So like meditation, journaling, I always love having some kind of like aromatherapy on, uh, crystals. Uh, what else do I do? I do a lot. Um, I love to do like an Oracle card pull and stuff like that. And I think also having like little breaks throughout my day helps a ton. Like even if it's only just 15 minutes saying like, okay, I'm going to have like a nice snack. Maybe I'll read a few pages of my book and then I'll get back into it instead of just like forcing myself to work all day long is something that has helped a lot. <laughs> Yeah. So what would your like daily and weekly routines look like? Because I love routines so much. They literally just drive me in everything. So you like go to morning and night routines or things you do like weekly. What would those look like? Yeah. So my morning ritual right now is pretty long. So it usually starts out with meditation and then I'll move into journaling. So like I was saying, I always love writing down five things that I'm grateful for. Uh, I write a little bit about 
some of my business goals and I'll script through those. Um, I also am working through this book right now called The Abundance Book by John Randolph Price. And he has this thing in there called the 40 day prosperity plan. And it's kind of like scripting. Like he has this thing in there where you like write it out every day for 40 days and like these different um, affirmations. So actually this is my second time doing it. So I'm doing that right now. Um, I do like a Lakshmi goddess mantra every day. So for anyone listening who like doesn't really know the goddesses, Lakshmi is the goddess of like abundance and money. So I do that every day. Um, I do usually have like a crystal or something just kind of like in my hand while I'm meditating or just like next to me when I'm journaling, something that has like the energy that I'm calling in. Um, so usually that's what the morning looks like. And in the evening, honestly, I don't really have like a stable night routine. I, I don't know. I feel like I need to like get on a better sleep schedule because I literally am all over the place. I go to bed at the most random times. Um, but usually at the end of the day, something I love to do um, is write down, you know, a few things during the day that I accomplished, that I'm proud of myself for, that I feel really good about, just to end off the day feeling like, you know what, I did a good job, right? Like, I'm proud of myself. And, you know, I can, I don't know, it can be so easy sometimes to just feel like, oh my god, like another day, like, what did I even do, right? And having that acknowledgement before bed, and then just writing down about some things that I'm manifesting is kind of like how I like to end off the day. And I always, I do yoga every day, or at least I try to, like, obviously there's like one or two days a week where it slips, but for the most part, I'll do that every day as well. I love this so much. (laughs) Okay. So we're coming to the end of the interview. If you could leave us with one thing, what would it be? Ooh. Okay. If I could leave you with one thing, then I would just say, you know, honor yourself. Know that whatever passions you have, like whatever ideas and dreams that are in your mind, they're all there for a reason, right? You don't need to second guess yourself or, you know, wonder if you can do those things because if you couldn't, you wouldn't even be thinking about them, right? So just know that you're worthy of whatever it is that you want. And if you're listening, think of one action you can do that's in alignment with that and schedule into your calendar. That's your homework. (laughs) Love that. What are the top three books that have changed your life? Ooh, such a good question. (laughs) I'm a huge book nerd. I've already read like 50 books this year. I like, I keep talking about them because I'm such a nerd. Um, (laughs) But I would say one of the books that has changed my life is You're a Badass. And I think that's mostly because it's the first like self-help book that I ever voluntarily read. And I really like credit it for getting me into so much more beyond that. So definitely that was a big one. Um, This book, The Goddess Revolution by Mel Wells was a really amazing one because it helped me to like address my relationship with food and my body for the first time and was like when I really realized that I wanted to seek help for my eating disorder. So that was a really big help to me. And my last one, like I have to like make it a super special one (laughs) because I love so many books. I feel Um, that. Um, I would probably say thinking rich just because it is such a classic and kind of like set me off on this money money that I love but I feel like I always have to like credit the books that like started me off you know (laughs) yeah I feel that because that's like what everyone's looking for 
you know, you like see someone successfully, you're like, okay, what started you on your journey? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so for the girls that want to work with you and learn more about creating a side hustle, how can they find you and how can they learn from you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. That's definitely a place where I am the most active. So I'm at the court Barrett and I also have a Facebook community that I would love for anyone to join. Uh, we have daily content in there and I go live like once or twice a week. I am always in there. It's called the spiritual side hustle society. And I also have a podcast as well that we're going to have a special guest soon. Um, I'm sure you know who it is. <laughs> uh, that's called Courtney Barrett radio. And I have, yeah, a bunch of different offers. I would say the best one, if you're looking to really, you know, launch your business and sign those first clients is one-to-one mentorship. So I have a four month program, um, but I also have a bunch of different other offerings on my website, like money mindset courses and things like that. Hey, okay. I can't wait. Thank you so much for coming on. This interview has been amazing. And yeah, everyone go check out everything. You won't regret it. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys loved that episode and our very first guest interview. I will definitely be having a lot more of those on because I want to give you guys as much value as possible and introduce you to more incredible women and coaches. Um, if you loved everything we talked about on there, make sure to go check out all Courtney's links in the show notes and make sure to also go check out the six-week challenge I have going on in the Facebook group which is the Glow Getter Society that will also be linked below. And along with that, I'm also doing live meditations over on my Instagram with guests, which Courtney also helped with last week. She was our guest meditator and she took us through a, through a beautiful meditation, which you can go find over on my Instagram. Um, they won't be up forever, so make sure to go check them out or join the Facebook group where you get access to everything. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it as much as I did. And I can't wait to chat to you in the next one. Bye, my loves.